Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 216 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode, we have our Head of uh, Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, Ben Moss Woodward. I may twitch his ears bleed. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, also joining us from AOS is Commander Jay Trinity. Hello. Hello. If you wish, you can join us as live. I do believe we're hanging around somewhere in open, aren't we, Ben? I am currently flying to leave from Shnata Desra. I've just re-kitted myself out from fighting Thargoids and things like that to fighting normal stuff, and I'm on my way back to leave just now. Right. So, um, if you can't get to us in-game, we're also in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat, and also we're live on twitch.tv slash laveradio. So, I think we'll just quickly go around the table, see how everyone's been doing this week. So, we'll start with Shan. How's your week been? It's been pretty good, actually. Um, currently doing the bounty hunting CG in-game. And uh, out of game, still marvelling at the uh, nanniness of my youngest son's car, because um, it tells you when you're about to run out of petrol, and then proceeds to direct you to the nearest petrol station by itself. And if you then, um, you can then set it to be have a speed limiter, so you can put it to say 30 miles an hour, and no matter how hard you mass the accelerator, it will not go above 30 miles an hour. That's sounding very on topic, Shan. Um, and it, is. it is. It is. And which kind of led me to the thought, actually, was we, you know this whole autonomous car thing that's, that's yes. you know, going on at the moment. At what point will it be, will you get like five-year-olds learning how to program your autonomous car and just going off to see their friends? And at what point because will you get hacking it? Because you don't actually then if it's a car's autonomous and doesn't need a driver, in theory, you can just let it anyone program it in and let it drive there, which is quite a scary thought. Yes. Oh, it's becoming like one of those Johnny cabs from Total Recall. <laughs> Only if you can rip them off and and then steal it with a driving a car using a joystick. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, well. Ben, what have you been up to this week? I've mainly actually been at children's birthday parties, um, which isn't quite as. I, I hope you were. In, I hope you were invited to them, and you didn't <laughs> just sort of turn up. No, one was one was my four-year-old nephew's uh, birthday party, and the other one was my two-year-old daughter's birthday party. Ah, right. So, so, so okay. genuine birthday parties, not you just dressed as a clown. No, not that, that's not, just not my normal nine to five. Not Rolf Harris style birthday. Okay, party. let's head that one off. Let's head that one off before involve, we get any better. It did involve me being jumped on by lots and lots of children, but not in that way either. <laughs> no, uh, you I became think. the punch bag. No, I became the punch bag, trampoline, um, pinata, pinata. Um, oh, sh- heavy duty lift thing. Um, various other things that involve throwing children around the room, basically. And in a nice way. Sofas and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. 
Oh, they enjoyed it, and no alcohol was involved, obviously. <laughs> Commander Trin- J Trinity, um, yes. welcome to the show. And uh, how have you been for the last week? I have been uh, well, thank you. Uh, how have you been? <laughs> well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. Back in your that. corner. <laughs> Fact, um, in game, uh, as as everybody kind of has, see, has seen, uh, I've been doing a lot of Thargoid hunting and thoroughly enjoying it as per usual. Oh, the uh, bugs! Yes, well, no, the, the the bugs are basically they've already claimed another crate from me, which is not oh, very yeah. nice, but still. Yes, the crate's got. I know, no, the crate's got number three, I think. So, yeah. Um, in other news, uh, well, I've I've had a bit of good news today. Um, after spending sort of about an hour and a half in a big magnetic donut, in other words, and uh, oh, those are um, fun, aren't they? Yes, um, not something I would recommend for people who suffer from claustrophobia. No. Um, <laughs> they've come back with some results, and it does turn out that the heart is on the mend. Wonderful. Uh, and it does mean that um, hopefully in a couple of months, normal service will be resumed. And they think that it was all caused by an infection, which is a relief because that means um, no genetic things to worry about, no cholesterol to worry about. And uh, I'll be back to normal, hopefully, uh, before Christmas. Have they got any idea what the infection was? Because it's really, really laid you up. Oof, and then some. Yeah. Um, no, they just said it was a virus, um, uh, and really it happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they really said you know it was Ebola or something. <laughs> no, not Ebola, nothing. but you know. No, nothing. They, they, they said it was either um, a virus, an infection, or and this is the scary thing um, that. Uh, you basically you got an infection and your immune system went a bit nuts and decided to take the heart out while it was it was trying to kill the infection which okay. yeah it's yeah. a bit like um accidentally shooting the station isn't it really with you <laughs> yeah you know it's sort of like uh <laughs> your I, immune I can kind of relate I, I suffer from uh, autoimmune with uh, psoriasis and things like mm. that so I, I can relate to that yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, you just, it it does have the the feeling of the police around the, <laughs> around the courier list, doesn't it? So, should we give Twitch and the listeners the bad news as well for this week, Colin? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm afraid, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you who are hoping for a bathroom update, Grant is... Has decided to to head out with other more important people, uh, so we cannot bring any more informations on the bathroom update, which I know you also eagerly need for some He's reason. He's on the piss, basically. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're gonna we're gonna move along because. Um... <laughs> Sorry, we just got various people saying their days have been ruined now. Because they haven't got a bathroom update. I'm actually fairly offended by those comments, to be honest, because it implies that the yeah. only thing people listen to in this entire show the is the bathroom update. Yeah, look, Paul, Paul Archer. Paul Archer's there saying, right, catch you all next week. Bye. <laughs> um. Oh, dear. We don't, I'm sorry, Plex. We don't even, we can't even give you a kitchen update. Look, a heart update, I thought, would be. A what? I could give you a hoovering update if you want, but it's not really very oh, exciting. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. A heart update will just have to do. Tough. <laughs> right. Yeah, never mind, never mind that Colin has been given a clean bill of health and will be with us for many years to come. It's not that. We just want to know how many tiles Cal's got in his bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many hours have we spent preparing the show over the last couple of days? And where's the bathroom update? I don't know. I don't really want the bathroom update. And I don't know why I'm talking. Why are these people coming from Birmingham? <laughs> I do. Oh, good grief. I do apologise to everybody in Birmingham, because you live in Birmingham. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of someone who lives in Birmingham, I completely agree. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was sentenced to five years in Hills Owen, so yeah, that's bad enough. Anyway, <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when uh, when Cal's not on. Actually, is Kurgle coming on? No, uh, no, we have no Kurgle either. Kurgle is no, he's... being a student. Yes. Yes. Sorry, he's Kurgle, I, I I know he was. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, actually, no, he's probably down the pub getting other people to buy him drinks because he's a student. Money left. <laughs> Just like my eldest son. Yeah, well, uh, as far as the Live Radio Network activity in the game is concerned, um, as you've heard from Ben earlier, we're doing too well, so back off. <laughs> is, that, is that the advice at the moment, Ben? I think that's the advice at the moment. Let me just go and... I'm, I, seeing as I'm actually... I'm in Live now. Let's go and have a look at the percentages. So, works for Live Liberal, 7%. LFO, 6%. Defence Party, 10%. Leave Inc, 5%. Aurore, 5%. Someone's who's bouncing into me. And, yeah, oh, good, we are actually slipping down a little bit. Labor Radio Network, 61%. So, good, we do want to, we do want to drop. Calls. Yes. A little bit too the, there, is, there, is, uh, there is some reason behind that, which I'll go into later. Yeah. <laughs> Nectar says Labor Radio, it's reading over 9,000. <laughs> it's a, so it's a drag on the real problems. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I think we'll have to discuss the main development news that has, has dropped in the last 48 hours. Um, yeah, just when uh, we thought we were going to have another quiet week. Uh, and <laughs> I must admit, fair props to uh, both Paige and Will, who on the Monday... Uh, live stream and Frontier were completely and utterly po-faced. They, uh, they, they kept saying there was nothing to announce, nothing to worry about, don't get excited, blah, blah, blah. I do not want to play poker against either of those two because an hour after that stream finished, they dropped the bombshell that uh, beyond 3.3 or beyond Chapter 4, whichever you prefer, the beta has been announced to start on the 30th of October. Now, its beta will roll out with new functionality being released every week throughout the month of November, and the beta is open to all PC players who have either the base game or Horizons. Uh, it also came with a teaser trailer. So um, we'll start with everybody. We'll start with Ben, go around, and let everybody think. Give me your opinions of what they saw on the teaser trailer. Stop, Ben. I love the I love the initial stuff about the, that's showing off the crate. Is it meat or does it, it does look like? Sorry, I'm I'm making a guess and say it's a crate. Uh, it looks kind of flat and crate-like. Um, yes, I have to. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. But is it meat or does it look like it's got gu- some guardian stuff in it? Because there's there's definite blue overtones in that sh- in that ship. Or it could just be the, the Scion engine trail. 
Mm-hmm. Could could be that as well. Um, and we obviously yeah. we saw the the weather effects, and I mean, it, it looks very very pretty. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's been a lot of people who've gone through that that trailer um, basically frame by frame, and they spotted what looks like Babylon Five like shadows in there, or is that just the figment of their imagination? I think it's wishful thinking. Um, people have speculated the crate that's seen the trailer is the crate Phantom mm-hmm. because if you look at it, it's got a subtly different engine design at the back. Yep. Yes, but it looks like it's been set up for stealth. To be honest. If you look well, at the normal... Yeah, yeah, I mean, being called a phantom, I guess it would be stealthy rather than cray-obvious or something. <laughs> cray-obvious. Well, if you look at the crate, it's got these massive big engines at the back. This one seems to be the same shape, but the engines seem to be a lot more subtle. If that's a... It's a, a variant. Frontier's yes. been doing a lot of variants lately. Yes. Um... Uh, uh, yeah, but the, there are two variants which have been rumoured to come for this one, isn't there? There's the Crate Phantom and the Chieftain Mark V. I, I don't know if we... we the, I said Chieftain hey, Mark V. Don't, don't, don't knock the Chieftain. The Love the Chieftain. Really good ship. Yeah. yeah. I've seen any evidence about a new Chieftain. Yeah, but just... do we need five copies of it? Probably not. Of course not. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Same reason we need three copies of the Federal, federal Assault ships and so on. Yeah, but one uh, thing... The running theory is on, that it's a lot easier to make uh, a variant, and therefore more microtransactions with uh, paint jobs. And well, <laughs> paint jobs, and of course, spoilers. And, well, you got to have a spoiler because of aerodynamics in space. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, especially it's when you get like a double spoiler. You see on, on like front wheel drive uh, cars, you see a spoiler <laughs> in the back, and and I always laugh at these guys. Like, do they not understand the purpose of the spoiler? Probably not, to be honest. <laughs> so it showed off the the trailer showed off um, everything that will be well will be uh, highlighted in, in the next uh, couple of weeks. The the beta itself will, like I said, run through most of November. Uh, and I think it's they are releasing each section um, a week at a time. So they're starting with the Exploration Codex and Visual Improvements on the 18th of October. Uh, well, hang on. No, no that's the, the 30th. Yeah, they're the doing a live stream on the 18th of October. And there's a beta release on, on the 30th. So that's when we'll get our hands on it. Uh, and then we have on the 25th of October the BGSN scenario interactions, which there, are, that's a new one. Uh, we never heard anything about that one before. Uh, then we have the squadrons that will be coming the week after, mining the week after that, and then the ships. Notice the plural of the word ships. Now there's been a lot of speculation on the forums about this that it's not just those two. As usual, whenever new ships are mentioned, the Panther Clipper makes <laughs> makes an appearance on the forums, and people go a little mad. It could just be the the Crate Phantom and the Chieftain Mark Five, Six, Seven, and Eight. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, there needs to be something to to fill in the gap. I mean, my personal wish. Mm. Is I mean the crate phantom looks cool, you know, mm-hmm. nice crate phantom. I really want an imperial exploration ship by Gutemeyer, and I think a new exploration ship. I think an exploration ship would um, be very useful 
um, with all the exploration changes happening, and it was fitting as well. Mm. Is, is this the um, like the Imperial Trader, which will have the Liberator like three three wings? Is that what you're wanting? Because I know I want that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you uh, imagine Chris Jarvis would probably die of happiness if he saw that with a green glow <laughs> at the back of the engines <laughs> and oh, the uh, and the scanner goes. When you turn it off. Anyway, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're uh, certainly the exploration it. ship is what is what I think because because uh, with the exploration changes, ships like the Anaconda aren't going to be quite as useful in exploration because it seems as though supercruise maneuverability will play more of a factor in yeah. exploration uh, than it does now. Um, although the Anaconda has amazing jump range, it's a real pig to fly in supercruise, especially in exploration guys. So I'm kind of hoping something with a jump range similar to an Anaconda, but with uh, much better maneuverability. Mm. Oh, no, I would love the Asp Explorer's jump range to get a boost. I think that's oh, the perfect... Except that you're going to need cargo, aren't you? Um, yes. So I bet you you're right. I bet you they'll have an exploration ship. So, uh, yeah, but I also want my exploration ship to look different than a student flat inside. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with the, the Asp Explorer's bridge. It doesn't look yes, like yes, it is. It's, uh, it just looks like one of those scrap cars where people have just kind of left sort of McDonald's packets and all sorts of stuff like that. It's a crap hole it is inside. My, it is my go-to taxi. I'm I'm so, I'm sorry, Sean, but I I think I'm going to have to dis, distance myself here from your opinion of the Asp Explorer internals. I think they're they're quite decent, they're solid, and they don't have any wires falling down anywhere. Well, that's what I mean. The Anaconda needs to. That's why you want a Gutemeyer exploration ship so you can bask as you fuel scoop. <laughs> oh dear! So. Now, um, a lot of people have been discussing the uh, the exploration stuff. Um, are we looking forward to actually getting our hands on that, or are we still a little bit hesitant about the uh, the proposed changes? Okay, can I throw in my two cents on that? Certainly. I think for explorers, it's going to be fantastic. It sounds like really immersive gameplay. But for those of us like me who hate exploring, but sometimes have to resort to exploring for the purpose of um, exploration data for BGS movement, I think gone will be the days of um, collecting exploration data for BGS movement. Is this because it's all down to the honk? The honk not showing the system? Well, it sounds like it's going to be more, uh, more effort. To uh, like, for example, right now, when I go, I road to riches every time because for me, it's I don't care about getting my name on a planet. I just need to collect money so that I could use that towards BGS. Um, and it, it sounds like the exploration changes that they're making are going to make it much more immersive and more of an actual gameplay. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot longer to uh, collect data. I think it depends on... I mean, we haven't seen the full loop yet. Um, so we don't exactly know how long it's going to take from, um, you know, from honk to, to collection. Um, all I can say is it would definitely be longer and the days of being able to select straight away will be pretty much gone. 
Yeah. What I'm more interested in with exploration is the effect it will have on ship builds. And they still haven't addressed yet the question of what happens if you don't have an SRV on board your ship or what happens if you don't own Horizons. How are those questions being addressed? Because an SRV board on board an exploration ship, yes, it's pretty much essential, but it's not mandatory. Yeah. And it, because it does have mass, it does affect outright jump range. So if you haven't got a way to replenish your probes through SRV, you're going to have to carry one every time. And if you then need to blow up a rock to get them, then you then need to carry the the mining stuff to be able to blow the rock up, which, again, is additional mass and power and blah, blah, blah. So it will be interesting to see that. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it will just split things into a buckyball build and an exploration build, where previously you could buckyball and explore at the same time. I mean... Yeah, well, hopefully we'll find out more on uh, on Thursday. Uh, hopefully, it'll put a couple of um, things things to rest. Um, it was quite interesting that Alec Turner, who was one of the guys that went to Frontier, did and and Obsidian, they both have given the impression that yeah, it's going to be slower initially because you have to relearn what you've learned. But once you've got the hang of it, it should be it, you should be able to speed up again. That's the impression I got from them. Well, I'm sure it's the case. He won't, but in outright absolute maximum possible speed, I can't see how it's going to be as quick as a honk. Yeah. Well, okay. but a honk, a honk isn't going to get you um, first discoveries of planets, though. So you do still have to do more than a honk even now. You have to you honk, and then you look at um, you know system map and, and see if you can find something that looks... Uh, like it might be valuable, and then you go scan it. Whereas mm. this probably still involves an initial honk, but then you've got to use probes and God knows what else to figure out what might be worth investigating. And, and then I, the way I understand it is the the honk in the new system will have a range limit. That too, yeah. So you honk now, and if there's an Earth light a couple of hundred thousand light seconds away, now you can see it on the map and you can even listen to it. Think, oh, but okay, I don't think you'll thing. know that it's 100,000 light seconds away. Because from what I gathered, uh, the signal will be weaker, but that won't actually give you a clue as to how far away it is. Whereas Correct, right now, yeah. you can select it uh, you know, and, and figure out where it is, and you can see how far it is and decide if you want to go. It does seem a bit, this is my view, it does seem a bit gamey the way it's going to work. Um, because, you know, we have uh, optical telescopes now, and we have radio telescopes now, in which you don't necessarily, you know, with an optical telescope, and you can imagine a thousand years of progress in optics and image manipulation, it should be perfectly possible to look at the entire contents of a solar system through an optical telescope in a thousand years' time. Yeah, you should be able to visually see that. So why it's can't we have a telescope? Most of any, all of a telescope that you can see at the moment, Shan. You know, we've, we've got very nice telescopes in orbit just now, and we don't even have the James Webb one up there, and they can see galaxies. But isn't it, isn't it um, Frontier's MO to make everything a grind? So uh, exploration is kind of a grind now. I feel like it's going to be more of a grind, but uh, we'll in an interactive way, perhaps. But we'll see. It just seems to, uh, like hand wavium 
that kind of because one of the things I love about Elite and, and the game world is is the attention to detail in places and the way it it feels in quotes more realistic than other space games. But then stuff like this comes along and there's a big logic question mark in my head and I think well actually yeah what about telescopes? Is there a reason why telescopes are uninvented a thousand years ago? Away. That sort of thing. So it kind of like interferes with my uh, my logic a bit. My suspension of disbelief, shall we say. My worry is the BGS changes. Very nervous. Well, coming on to that, I mean, we, I guess we're looking through the, um, the screenshots that have been highlighted. Did you notice that the number of people in a squadron has apparently been raised from they, – they said the maximum was 250 uh, when it was, went to um, the discussion. And now in one of the screenshots, it shows a member of 480, which possibly means the maximum number of people in a squadron is 500 now. I didn't notice that. I'm looking forward to that, though. Squadron and then if you, yeah, and if you notice the sequence of in in the screen and stuff like that, the way the screen splits together, the inference is is that you'll only be able to join one squadron, and that really worries me because at the moment I play with Live Radio Network, I play with the Hutton Truckers, I play with Paladin Consortium, I play with, you know, I I do stuff with loads of different groups and I have loads of disparate groups of people who I play with and don't make me don't make me choose it could be they're modelling it after Anara. I mean Anara only lets you belong to one wing for example I think they're modelling it after Guild Mechanics 15 years ago but there we go Yeah, but it could also be um because it becomes an exponential problem. The more, uh, potentially, from a software standpoint, the the more um, squadrons you allow a user to be a member of, um, the more complex things get in the background. Well, in, in Guild Wars 2, and I believe in other, in other analysis as well, but certainly Guild Wars 2, I know, they got around the problem by how you could join up to five guilds, um, but you'd only, if you like, represent one of them. I think time. that would be a good, yeah. So, so in terms of the your influence on the BGS and stuff like that, you had to choose before you did an activity. What that would be a good compromise. Yeah, you know, what How what what you could do for say you went out exploring. You know, do you have to do all your exploring as the Hutton Truckers, and then you return to Alpha Centauri and hand in? I, I think or, you could I only think... change it when you dock. I could be completely in in left field here, but I, I feel like the whole point of squadrons, first of all, is leading up to the whole Thargoid narrative. I do believe we're going to be under this huge attack, um, but it, I, I feel like the whole point of squadrons primarily will be to allow PMFs to direct uh, their members. Currently, we all use Discord or TeamSpeak or whatever player faction uses whatever they use to coordinate things like that. Um, some people even use Anara to coordinate uh, missions and priorities uh, for BGS. And I feel like what Frontier is trying to do is make that uh, viable to do in-game. And I don't think it's going to succeed at that because 
we all already use out-of-game tools. And Discord is so much superior. Yeah. To the, I mean, you're not limited to one Discord server, are you? No. And a Discord server can have more than 500 people. And not only that, you can communicate people in Discord when they're not online. That's right. And you have history so, that you can go back to. Even if you're not on, you can you know, log in and yeah, so, what spoken about. I, I love what they're trying to do, and I, and I love that. But if they're trying to replace Discord with it... I think it's too little too late. I'm, I, I'm not sure. It will be a great tool, though, I think, for recruiting for PMS. Yes, it's interesting now they've scrapped carriers for this time being. I Again, I think the carriers, and, and uh, let it be on the record forever, forever. I do believe firmly that the carriers, uh, and even the squadrons, but the carriers, the whole purpose was we're going to be under some massive Thargoid attack all in populated space, and the only way to get them is to go out to where they are, and therefore we'll need carriers to rearm. I, I, I feel like the uh, narrative, the future, uh, at least the near future for Elite Dangerous, is going to be all about Thargoids. Pulling away from BGS, perhaps. Uh, pulling away from power play, perhaps. Uh, I feel like um, they're sort of banking everything on Thargoids. That's interesting, because I personally felt and we've spoken about it before on the show and outside, I personally believe that carriers, as we envisioned them, are completely pointless. Because there's nothing you can do in a carrier that you can't do at a space station. Unless there are no space stations. That's why I think the whole reason for the carriers is to uh, be able to... um, do attacks, uh, perhaps offensive attacks on Thargoids in unpopulated space, and still have the ability. Then your your all your players can go in and participate and wing, uh, killing Thargoids, killing bugs, but then can also rearm. Maybe that would be interesting. Although there, that does have some logistical problems because you would then be forced not to do stuff in solo. I know some people love the idea of forcing stuff not to be in solo, which which is great. But however, there's a group of people that love to do stuff in solo. Um, Support of open only, except that simply can't work because the, uh, the blocking mechanics and uh, P2P connection blocking, people can get around it. But if if it if Frontier could do it in such a way that there would be no way to get around it to circumvent that, so that you truly were in open, I'd be all for it. Power play and BGS even. Well, there's a particular rabbit hole. I think we can get for another <laughs> another show. But I think open only power play seems as though it's been shelved for the moment. Yeah, sadly. But anyway, sorry, Colin. We're taking over your show or the show. We sent Colin to sleep, listen. I, I think Colin said he was going to be right back. But Ed wanted to talk about go back to BGS stuff. You've not been paying attention to Discord, have you, Shan? No, not at all. I was I, I was waiting, we're, we're talking we're, we're talking talking about squadrons and I was waiting for my squadron to tell me what to do. <laughs> uh, we we did in Discord. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> those tools, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um so, yeah, so anyway, the BGS changes were. Yes, what, what worries you about the BGS stuff? 
Uh, specifically, I have very little confidence in Frontier, um, fully understanding how players play the BGS, and therefore doing uh, the right changes to BGS. And I could be wrong. I hope to God I'm wrong. I hope they do it right. I hope it works better for everybody. I just... Um, past experience with Frontier. I don't know what the changes are. Well, that, I have that's, no idea. That's the thing. I think we need just, to see what the, the yeah, changes are going to be. Knowing that they're making changes. And can I do just a brief little rant about the BGS? Please. So, and uh, everybody who knows me well has heard this rant from me, so if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm going to repeat it. Um, teach me to play chess. Tell me the rules how to play. Because to me, BGS is is chess. It's strategy. So is power play. It's strategy. Um, let me understand the rules. Let my opponent understand the rules, and we will have a game of strategy. But don't tell me what the rules are, and don't tell my opponent what the rules are, and we're just poking in the dark. Um, I wish Frontier could be more transparent about what exactly are the mechanics of BGS. What are the pending states? What's what's What goes over this and that? Rather the uh, community at large has to try to figure it out. And I suppose that's maybe a, a game in itself, I guess. But when you're trying to um, manipulate your player faction and controlling and systems and all of that, that stuff, you, you kind of need to know what the rules are. Well, Frontier have always been very vague about the rules for any part of the game. You know, what what's the threshold and they've always been very right. vague about that and told us there you go guys learn about figure it and it sort out. it yourself figure it out yeah so so yeah i think i'm with you on that uh jessica i think they, they'll leave it deliberately vague to me I, I like strategy games and this is to me elite is a strategy game but when you don't know the rules um how can you strategy yeah, i mean what we all know i think it's fair to say that even though we don't know Precisely what the rules are, we, we have know. a vague understanding. But now, but now they're coming out with new changes, and yeah. how transparent are they going to be about those changes? So the thing that worries me the most is that suddenly, um, I've used this analogy before. Suddenly, we're being sent back into the dark ages, trying to figure out how to make fire. Meanwhile, we're all trying to, um, you know, maintain our PMFs. Um, while trying to figure out how to do that because Frontier although, changes and they don't tell us what those changes are. Although we don't being sort of neutral or what's the word, balanced on this, we don't actually know what the changes of BGS are going to be. No, we so, don't. We don't, so we don't know if they're sending yeah. us back to but Sony my concern is that they're not sending us back to last the, week. the details of those changes. Like they'll say we changed this, this, and this, but they probably won't tell us if they've changed things like... Uh, you know, what influence do you have to be to reach an expansion, for example? Maybe they'll change that, but they won't tell us. Um, that's my worry, that they'll make changes and not tell us about specifically what those changes are and how they work. Yeah, I mean, personally, I have real concerns that we, we know there's things that are broken in the BGS. We know, for example, that that murdering is overpowered um, and because everything's basically being done at the moment on a transaction basis. So right. that means if you want to counter somebody murdering your murdering a ship in a in a in a system, you need to go off back to a, find a bounty, 
bounty hunt them, return to the station. But you have no I, no way of knowing on, on that particular tick that that is taking place. Like, well, that's not, so I would yes. like to know. I would like to know what missions are being run out of my station right now, and not necessarily by whom, but by how many. Um, yeah, nice how many players are particularly doing a thing? Yeah. So then I know what I need to do to counter that. Do you think that would be stuff that you'd like to see in your squadron page, or should that be a part of the station's information system? Station's information system, I think. Make it public, yeah. um, so everybody's on the same level playing field. Um, make it all about strategy. I'm definitely in agreement there. I mean, what other things do you think that be, they... What other things would you say are broken that you think they should be changing? How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> I think what we could do is we too, could too look at the. To go into. <laughs> I, I think what we should maybe do, and I'm maybe hijacking future shows, but it would be useful to talk about what was on the live stream, and uh, maybe have Jessica back for the BGS show. Yeah, I think I think that would be a fantastic. If you're up to it, of course. Uh... Invited, yeah. Sure. So I mean, have we covered the the happiness? Thing that a lot of people have jumped on in the for <laughs> in the forums. Should that really be replaced by saltiness? Because <laughs> that does seem to be the kind of thing that happens on the forums. Well, well, that's right. How do you? I mean, the big question I've got is what what affects that? Because does it? Will you like when you dock have a little pop up box that says how satisfied were you with your clan leader's performance this week or <laughs> something like that? How does that work? Oh god, I can't believe we'll be filling in feedback forms. <laughs> no, I'm more thinking about you dock. The docking control officer swears at you as you, as you land because you killed three of their crewmen. There oh, should be oh, more of that. Well, maybe it'll be like strictly come dancing where the with the with oh, with the, with, 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 the, with, the, the pub. No, no, and it's like should, where you get like marks out of ten for how well you dock or someone like they that. They should make they they should make more fun of you when you're using a docking computer. <laughs> yes, they should. Um, <clears throat> so welcome to the station, loser. Isn't there one, one type of station that slags you off for using a docking computer? There is one, yeah. There, there, there are types, yeah. Although the, uh, although again, in the interest of being fair and balanced, is that how many of us use cruise control in our cars and get? True. Or, or and, and that's parking. not to say I've not used a docking computer. I have. I, I will confess to being guilty of that. But there are so there are there are some now recording. There are some ships that you kind of is easier to do it, like a Type Nine or a yeah. Cutter. Yeah, I use it on my T nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Sorry, I mean, I'm, I'm having to dock a, a T10 all the time and constantly catching the, the spoiler on the, on, on the toast rack. How about but the Beluga? I refuse, I refuse to have a docking computer because basically I'm old school as far as that's concerned. Now, the other big thing that, we, that everyone was excited about was mining, where we saw a Attack of the Clones-like um, exploding asteroid in the trailer. Now... Apparently, uh, according to um, Alex Turner, that particular bit was when everybody gasped in, that was in really... the visit. Because basically that's done in real time. That's not a cutscene. I, I don't mind. Um, I have mined, but I, I don't regularly mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, may, I may be doing some mining. 
Because that it, was very cool. Yeah, it did look, it did sort of pique your interest. I mean, Shan, will you find yourself mining? I'll probably do it a couple of times to um, watch the boom, but then I'll probably try and blow up ships by timing the explosion. For one. Yeah, I'm kind of wishing. Oh, great. A new way to grief. Wonderful. <laughs> oh. It'd be nice uh, if ships could blow up that way. What, place a, a, a charge Just on the them, ship and it, it go away? Have, yeah. have it, when you blow up a ship, it should be spectacular like that. Like that was. That was a spectacular yeah. explosion. It should it, be it, spectacular. It's sort of like the, the uh, Sheridan maneuver, isn't it, in Babylon 5, where you just lure a ship close and then boom. Yeah. John, let's nuke them all Sheridan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ended up watching Babylon 5 again while I was off off uh, off work. So, yes, I can get all the references again. Ah. So, in the meantime, um, here's an interesting thought. Imagine taking one of those mining charges, taking it in your ship and having a, a, a fighter, take it in a fighter and then drop it off and attach it to another ship and then run away. Uh, they'll be doing that to ships parked in stations, for sure. I wish we could do that. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so, um, overall, I think everybody is... Um, Shall we say pumped for the new trailer and the new beta that's coming? Um, I, well, the thing try, I, I try not to get my hopes up high. That way I'm never disappointed. Yeah, the thing that struck me, or what I thought about, there was no Commander Chronicles or Glimpse of Thargoids or Guardians in what we've been shown so far. Well, that doesn't actually surprise me because the other the others were plot. And this is not plot. This this is actually new mechanics. So they want to show off the new mechanics. If they are going to have more plot, I think that will come when the when the actual uh, update goes live. Hasn't it always been that when the update goes live, we get the Commander Chronicles and something to move the plot along? Maybe. I, I don't know. Or, or maybe they figure there's enough stuff in there. You know, they've done enough... Guardian and Thargoid content for the year and maybe more stuff later? Mm, I personally my opinion is they haven't haven't finished with the Guardian and the Thargoid stuff for this update. I mean it's nice that we've got all this stuff coming but I reckon they've still got more plot to come. It's coming with uh, the fleet carriers. What I hope they don't do what I I hope they don't do is um, carry on the power creep stroke gear treadmill route they are currently on at the moment with mm. guardian weapons and stuff like that because it's just, it's just really don't like vertical progression game models or because it you then be, it then becomes a um an arms race between the player and the developer to push out content quicker than the players can consume it and then start moaning about how bored they are because there's nothing to do. Hence, the developer I, loses. Yes. Always loses. Yeah. If, if they have to say, we have these complaints in World of Warcraft, for goodness sake, and, and you know, it, Blizzard, are, the, devs, the devs over at Blizzard are constantly complaining that they spend months creating these quests and things like that, and already, within a couple of days, those quests are completed, and they've already got the complaints of, right, what else is there? 
Well, I must admit, I, I was a bit guilty of that last update because I, I had Guardian fighters within two minutes of logging on. Yeah. The things that's... that came out. That's because you exploited a bug. They, you weren't supposed to have those ship blueprints. <laughs> From what I understand. No, I did the ball like everyone else. It just, you know, how was I to know it was going to give out vessel blueprints? Yeah, well. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a pity that, the, I mean, have you actually been to the Guardian Beacons, Sean? Yeah. All oh, right, that's okay I, then. Thought, I did it properly on my second account just to see what oh, right. I had to put up with. <laughs> Ah, lovely. Anyway, um, I think we'll leave the uh, the announcement. Uh, we're probably going to have a lot more to dis- discuss next week when we see the um, exploration mechanics. Uh, but in other development news, um, Frontier have been recognised as one of the best game development companies to work for by the GigBiz Awards, which did- led to a massive um, lot of social media activity from the community team with everybody a big photo of everybody who works at Frontier in the foyer. Um, well, it, it, it sounds good. Uh, I think everybody we were discussing on the... Good, I, I couldn't see Ed or Mike Brooks in that photo. Uh, no, funny you should mention that, because me, Will, and Paige were, were saying it's kind of like finding Ed in that one is like kind of finding Wally. Now, <laughs> whether or not you want to think finding Wally, finding Ed, same thing... Um, yeah, they are in there. Off we go and give, enjoy. Find them. We should give Ed then a Wally, a red and white striped jumper. Is that what we're going to? Is that, is that what we're going to send him down to uh, for for Christmas? A Wally yeah, jumper. Well, yeah. Where, where's Wally um, jumper? And then a little little note at the back that says, "Please answer your emails." <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. Mr. Mr. I'm silent running Mr. Lewis at the moment. Uh, well, in other words, PS4 security warning. Now, this is actually quite important um, for all you PS4 uh, elite dangerous players. Um, uh, you've probably already heard this. Sony have put a, a warning to set your messages to private. Um, there is a, a messaging exploit brick which could actually brick your console if you open it so um we've put a link into the show notes explaining what the whole issue is and how to resolve it for the moment uh, sony say they are working on a patch uh, and will let uh, ps4 owners know as soon as possible um that does sound a bit worrying really being able to shut down a console with just one message so this isn't just an elite problem i'm assuming no no, it's it's an everything problem, and since um, since we have, I think we have some PS4 listeners. Uh, I think we do. Yeah. About hello, PS4 so, listeners, if you're there. Yes, I'm really jealous about your controller, by the way. From it's better than the Xbox One, um, but uh, yeah. So if you could just check your messages settings, uh, hopefully Sony will get at this exploit fix quite soon. So, um, moving on a little bit, um, there are a couple of in-game events which we always like to cover at Live Radio. Um, the first, of course, is the Thargoid attacks. Now, this actually goes back to some of the points you were saying about the BGS earlier. Um, as usual, on a Thursday, people have been expecting two systems to become under attack. This is the first week we've got three systems under attack. 
We've got Deleuze, Lee Tunzi, and uh, Kerico, oh, I think that is. Um, the Anti-Xeno Initiative for Defending the First Two, and the Hive for Defending Kerico, which is where I am at the moment. Um, now, if they have kept the numbers the same as they had the previous weeks, according to the Anti-Xeno Initiative, we've managed to completely defend all three. But as we've now got three systems under attack, who's to say Frontier haven't messed the numbers up in the background and, or changed the numbers that we have to kill in the background in order to save the stations? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Personally, I hope they have done, because that might give people a bit of a kick in the pants. It goes back to me really wishing they'd be more transparent about it. Well, you see, well, that's the thing. Thargoids aren't going to tell you no, that's how many... When it comes to Thargoids, yeah, it doesn't apply. Yeah, it's sort of like an enemy's not going to say, well, if you manage to kill 20 of us, we're not going to bother. That's uh, that's, um, that's one of those things that has has to happen. But, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if there's a bit more variety well, uh, in whether or not how many... Thargoids have to be killed. One thing I did discover, and I didn't realize this, uh, as far as the count is concerned, one interceptor counts the same as a scout. So if you could get really good and you manage to get rid of a hydra, that still only counts the same as, as, as getting rid of one scout. Which, to me, feels... That's kind of silly. It's it's like taking on a capital ship in a conflict zone. It should mind, be a lot more. Mind you, it's quicker to kill a cyclops than it is a scout. It is now if you've got the right guardian weapons and you've managed to um, uh, you've synthesized the weapons for it, isn't it? I've seen that it, happen on YouTube. It's less than 12 seconds to kill a cyclops now. Yeah. Now, one of the things I hope that they do do is that... Um, they might do a little bit more alterations, you know, like they did with the AX weapons when they were too powerful. Can you see that happening? I think the whole thing needs rethinking. We we need to reach a plateau now and say, okay, no more superpowered anything. You know, change change the way they work, change the deficiencies, change the advantages, but the absolute power uh, please, of them needs please to be fix out. the retribution laser things. Uh, yeah. Well, in uh, in more um, in more tradey and non-combat rules with the Operation IDA, um, Calaveri and Electra has now been successfully repaired. Their next target for Operation IDA is the Kipling Orbital in Pleiades Sector uh, KC-V C2-11. So, if you want to. Um, s- transport materials there or, and cargo there to help repair the station uh, feel free and drop by their um, uh, their discord channel if if you want to get involved um, in other news they've also set up their own private groups to help with the repair operations so look for the group operation IDA on the Xbox the PC and the PS4 I mean there have word of warning though there have been reports of bugs that some items don't appear to be counted. These bugs have been reported to Frontier, but they haven't made any response uh about this. It might be included in three point three. A fix might be included in three point three. So we'll say the usual thanks to Factabulous for compiling all the figures on the forums. Yeah, you can always find those in uh the aliens sub forum. Uh 
So we'll move on to newsletter 248. We had content! There was actual had, content! Yeah. Oh my god! Which had news rather than adverts for Shipskins. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I, I got a bit excited about them actually giving us something. Well, I mean, we'll just get the, the big bug hunt four out of the way, which they didn't really do any hunting and they didn't find any bugs. They did give away a lot of uh, of uh, skin packs, though. Uh, but yeah, this one I have to admit I haven't seen it. Um, but apparently they were kitting out their ships so they could actually do some proper bug hunting. Really, you could have fooled me. Okay. Well. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what they're saying. They're working on acquiring cash materials, anti-Xeno weapons and ships, as well as engineering the ships. But I, I, I have to admit, I didn't see that see that stream. Um, I will. No. I was, no, I was on my way to see my family at the time. Well, I, I will say Ed managed to give away um, as many. Uh, they did muck about for quite a while, and then Ed decided to give away. I think a. Uh, a paint pack every every minute for the last last ten minutes of the of the stream, which is quite impressive, really. But the main thing that was in the newsletter, and this took me by surprise, there was an interview from the with the art directory, Chris Gregory, about recreating the crate mark too. Yeah, I'm wondering is that the say? Did they have the interview with the art director in PC Gamer as well? Because I know PC Gamer also had a... It had an elite dangerous thing and a crate skin job in it. And I wasn't sure if this is basically the same or a cut-down version of that. <laughs> but do you... I, don't you sometimes get PC Gamer, Colin? Uh, I haven't got PC Gamer in in about 15 years, to be honest. <laughs> fair, fair enough, then. Uh, the, I think the last PC game that I bought was actually the one with the Cobra on the front when Elite Dangerous launched, mostly because they gave away a free ship skin. Well, apparently, this the, one was giving one away as well. I think the last physical computer magazine I brought had a uh, CD on the on the cover for a, for a disc on it. Yeah, that, that's about the same time I was. I think I remember when they came with floppies. Oh yeah. I remember coming with floppies, and then what I loved about I remember when they they started doing the CDs, and remember when back in the day you used to basically you'd have an entire library of downloads basically, and that was yeah you know, you'd go on and it'd be available as an FTP site that you could download over the course of about five weeks to get one seven meg download, or you could <laughs> just go and get the CD. Yeah, I mean the main. I mean the magazines back in the day were the only way you could get patches out. I remember for the uh, Frontier First Encounters, the only way you got patched there was basically wait for the next Amiga format to come out or whatever, yeah. or whatever it was, and hope that there'd be a patch on the disc. That was you know, that's how it was back in back in the day. Oh God, did I actually say I re- that? I remember further than that. I remember when you'd have to buy a book. And, and or a magazine, and you had to type it all in. I remember that. But when it was done, <laughs> and it was the best game ever. Until you set, tried to reload it again after Except saving it. No, until you had and a then power you got to type it all in again. It. <laughs> but didn't it actually teach you sort of programming and bug fixing? Because you did. had to. Yeah. 
And that's probably Shut the reason why we've got four developers on on the show tonight. <laughs> you're not far wrong there. Well, I'm 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 not because you're you you work you work in the development industry. I know Shan's in the dev industry, and you and I are. So interesting. <laughs> we're we're all not normal then. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's one thing that makes the forums that little bit more interesting because we've got an awful lot of developers who are genuinely developed developers watching a game being developed, mm-hmm. and that, that's that's ooh. I talk about the hot seat of being a proper developer in the game. Yeah. See, I'm an open source dev, and perhaps that's in part why I scream about transparency because it bothers me that they're not transparent with things like BGS and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the article went and, and showed how they put the, the Crate 2 together. I would I'd recommend it. It's a really nice read, actually. Uh, and, of course, there was the um, the obligatory um, paint pack, which in this case was the Anaconda Galva- Anaconda's Galvanized paint pack. Has that got anybody excited for your, for your conda? No. No. Right. Well, I there haven't you go. You flown got... either of my condas in uh, months. I don't yeah. know. I've come to the conclusion that of all the ships in Elite, the Conda is my least favorite. Uh, it is a good ship. Don't get me wrong. I just... I just can't... I, I, I don't like the way it flies. See, I, I color-coded I color my spaceship, so... Try the Cutter or the Type 9. Yeah. I, I, I tend to color-code my ship. I tend to color code my ship, so anything orange or gold tends to be exploration, because exploration ships or exploration stuff is orange or gold. Yes. So, etc. So, galvanized doesn't really interest me. And, and, and if you have, and this is my pure opinion, but if you kind of galvanize a imperial ship like a cutter, it's almost like covering it in in gold foil, covering your Lamborghini in gold foil. Yes, or something like that. It's just completely kind of uh, bad taste. <laughs> um, Can't you know somebody's got one? Yes, yeah, so that's like having the gold-plated uh, iPhone. I think that's, we that's have like... a member who flies his cutter exclusively in gold. To be honest, I liked the. It doesn't look black... bad on the cutter. The original but... black gold. Anaconda looked really, really nice in certain lights. Um, yeah, I, I actually really liked the original, the original gold rather than the golden or whatever it was. Yes. Um, yeah, because no, there's two. There's gold. There's golden. And there's Goldie or something probably as well by now. <laughs> probably. Oh, the, no. There was the um, there was the outlining one where you've got the um, the ships in black, but it has a gold outline in the old elite style. Okay, I think I've got that for the ASP. Yes, so basically from a distance it looks like you are flying the underpants. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Another thing that's mentioned in the newsletter is that, and we'll say hello to the Pixel Bandits who um, have uh, recently released a, a podcast. They've restarted again. They're up to season four, they're calling it, but they've started their CQC Tuesdays. So if you're on the Xbox and you're needing a bit of CQC after a live video, we do believe that there'll be plenty of people um, trying to shoot each other down thanks to the Pixel Bandits. Uh, and yeah, we've got uh, a couple of them. Are they Very still young. Only on the Xbox? Yes, they are. 
Yes, they they cover the the Xbox side of Elite Dangerous as well as um, uh, what's the pirate one? Broadcast coverage. So no, 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 no. The the pirate game on the Xbox. Oh, oh, oh! Sea of Thieves. Yes, yes. Sea of Thieves. Yeah, they they cover that extensively as well. That's going to be a lot of fun, actually. I've got to. I, that's something I want to look into at some point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yes. So, uh, for, for once, a, a, a pretty packed newsletter, and hopefully we'll have a, a little bit more uh, of that standard going forward. Yes. If you're listening, Page or Will, more of that, please. <laughs> what? News? Yeah. In the newsletter. Who'd have it? Well, um, Ben, can we actually do an advert, or are we just going to go play it straight on? We could do an advert, but I think let's just go straight on, to be honest. Right, fair enough then. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, we will start with our main discussion topic of the evening. Now, um, as we've we, we discussed a little bit earlier, um, there does seem to be something like a an issue with botting in Elite Dangerous. So, uh, Ben and uh, Commander G Trinity, would you like to take through what the whole issue is? Yeah, I could I. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah. So, um, let me just uh, start with, uh, let me just preface. First, I want to leave politics out. Um, I want to talk about bots because they exist and there's plenty of people who think they don't, but they absolutely do exist in the game. Um, And the second thing is, when I say bots, uh, it's easy to think, oh, it's just some, you know, machine. There are people running the bots. So just please keep that in mind as I talk about what I've experienced and seen. Um, I want to start with a timeline. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Timeline of facts. Um, in June of last year, AOS, Alliance Office of Statistics, that's who I'm with, uh, we started seeing some uh, fifth column movement uh, trying to expand Mahon into Saholia. Um, and uh, we didn't think much of it. It wasn't too much. But come July, the 5C prep numbers in Saholia had become really significant. Um, but we still had our 75% vote, which for you non-power players, it, it just means that um, you could you know, prepare a system for expansion all you want. As long as our vote is above 75%, it won't actually go through. Um, and so uh, our vote was still 75%, so the expansions, we weren't really that concerned about it. Um, uh, we knew the accounts that were doing the Saholia prep because there were six of them and they named their ships Saholia for Mahon and, and I prep Saholia and all kinds of trollish things like that. We just thought they were just being pricks. Um, so uh, we were also under this massive attack uh, in our BGS uh, suddenly. Um, and it was with a seemingly impossible force. Uh, we were seeing a solid, this is important, a keyword here, you're going to hear me repeat, a solid linear influence gain uh, from an NPC faction within our system, our home system. Um, and that graph demonstrated slight dips. So it was a straight up graph of influence. We were being knocked down like crazy. And, and there's just a little dip, about once a week. Um, and that dip correlated with the power play cycle. 
Um, so we started realizing that uh, these guys were pushing Saholia. They were uh, running 5C um, against Mahone, against our power play, um, for the first couple days five, of five the C, cycle. 5C, you meaning fifth, fifth column. Fifth column, sorry, fifth columning. Um, so for the first couple days of the cycle, they were doing that, and then the rest of the week they were pushing against our BGS. Um, and uh, so... Uh, very frustrating. Um, we were putting a ridiculous amount of effort into countering the influence gains that this NPC faction was was um, was taking, and it became obvious that this, these six guys were were behind this, and we couldn't understand how can six guys move influence so much. AOS is not a small group. We had a lot of players doing a lot of missions, a lot of work in BGS, and we just we weren't getting anywhere. Um. August, uh, I was getting very annoyed at the six accounts, and while I was sitting at a pad in the station, I witnessed a very unusual departure from one of them. Um, and I sat there, and then another one departed the same way, and another departed in the same way. And if you guys haven't actually seen the video evidence that I took, watch it. There's no question about it. They're all departing in exactly the same way, and it's not uh, normal. I've never seen a pilot depart this way. Um, so it piqued my curiosity. Um, and throughout the month of August and September, I spent uh, quite often eight hours a day just parked in a Diamondback or whatever ship I happened to be in outside the station and just watching the ships coming and going. I started recording video. While I was waiting for the ships to enter and leave the system, I started um, searching for, like, bots. Like, is it even possible? I didn't think it's not possible. How could it be possible? It's late, dangerous. You have to circumnavigate planets and all kinds of things. There's no way. And then I discovered um, there's a thing called OpenCV. Um, and uh, basically, it's, it's um, a program that analyzes um, your screen, takes screenshots frequently, analyzes them. Um, there are and were actual autopilot programs in existence when I started noticing the bots. Um, and I have I confess, I've downloaded some of them, I've tried them. They're crap. I don't know if I can swear here, but they're, they're absolute crap. Yes, you fucking will can. Okay, good. They're shit. They were absolutely hopeless, but it demonstrated to me, oh my god, there's actually, this could actually really be bots. So, um... A month and a half of, uh, of recording, collecting evidence, everything I could, I filed a ticket with Frontier on September 25th, and after quite a bit of back and forth with them, uh, suddenly those six, of course, they don't tell you the result of your report, but those six accounts disappeared. Our power play went back to normal, and our BGS went back to normal for 30 days. Um, during this 30 days, we started seeing... Uh, all these new accounts, and I started calling them baby bots because they were departing in the same way, but they were flying um, Type 6s and Pythons. And um, so I realized that while those six accounts were banned, that whoever's behind them has gone out and bought more accounts. Um, and 30 days later, those six returned along with, uh, I think there was at least a dozen more anyway. And and by dozen... Uh, got to tell you, I, I've always been very um, nitpicky on who I confirm as a bot because, first of all, I don't want to report somebody who's not a bot. Um, and second of all, if I did report someone who was not a bot, then that would kind of undermine our mission with FDEV here to deal with the bots. I, I didn't want to give them any false positives, right? 
Um, so around the middle of October, uh, we started seeing 5C movement again in Soholia. And uh, again, I remained outside the station, da 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 filed another report, um, and Frontier did another band wave. Um, and we had about a week and a half of back and forth communication with FDEF, I did. Um, and uh, finally, all of those counts disappeared. Once again, power play went back to normal. Our influence graph went back to normal. We started recovering. Um, and um, while I was investigating the new accounts with before prior to the second ban, I realized that these guys use um, uh, EDMC. So the bots are running EDMC, and there was this thing called the EDSM feed back then that actually reported uh, commander names if you didn't anonymize through your EDMC app, and they weren't anonymized. We were suddenly able to track these accounts without having to see them. So I was able to see exactly where they go. Um, uh, so... I was able to determine when they were pushing BGS and when they were pushing PowerPlay. I was able to determine when they log in, when they log off, where they go, when they go, um, who they're attacking, all of those things. And we started establishing some more patterns. So we already had the one pattern, which was that linear graph that goes straight up. The other pattern that we saw was an unusually high number of cutters in a station traffic reports, um, 80 to 100 some days. Uh, as opposed to, mind you, Gateway is pretty busy. We get lots of people, but generally the cutters would be exponentially higher than all other traffic. Um, so while we were still able to read the EDSM feed, we developed some software, which uh, was able to track the bots, and I was able to create or, or find more patterns to when they come online, when they go offline. And from that, I was able to deduce or establish that I believe there's maybe four, maybe six players behind these bot accounts. And I'm guessing there's about 20 bot accounts. Um, they seem to run about four accounts at a time per person. And I say that because I would see one, two, a third, a fourth account all log in around the same time within the 10 minutes of each other. Um, and then those four would, after 9, 10, 12 hours, would go offline all around the same time. So I kind of worked out and my belief is that they have autopilot no doubt about that and we know that's that's a real thing um open cv oh, i'm um, actually i'm showing the video of that playing just good now, actually excellent excellent so um we found that uh one of the things that they do is they push power play for the first couple of days of this of the cycle and then they they push bgs and they do that because power play with uh, um, fifth columning mahon requires money because you're fast tracking and um so then they push bgs now why they targeted us we still didn't know figured well we're alliance um some of those accounts had sort of russian connotations maybe it was grom um you know that we just don't know i just don't know you know what motivates them but um we established that there's probably four or six players running the bots um there is a obvious telltale linear influence gain uh when they attack a system um and there's little dips in it uh and the traffic patterns so again they have full autopilot uh, autopilot ability and i believe what they do um, when they're pushing BGS is, uh, personally, I think that they're sitting at a station uh, with one ship and they select the missions, send it on its way. 
get into this in, in, then next window select mission send it on its way um and then as a ship lands they'll do what they do, select emissions, and send it on its way. That's how I think they're working, based on observations, while we had the EDSM feed. So, um, sometime in January, I noticed uh, a interesting departure from the bots. We were still able to track them on EDMC. Uh, I could see everywhere they went. Um, and we didn't talk about this, because we didn't want them to know that uh, EDMC was giving them away. Um, I saw something strange. Two of the bot accounts headed out to Colonia, and I've never seen them go to Colonia. And I was watching them jumping on their way, um, and I saw uh, three or four other bot accounts in some system just slightly outside of the power play bubble. And um, I didn't pay too much attention to that. A couple days later, I, I looked back and to see what those ships were doing in Colonia, and they had adopted Mobius Group out there, and they were absolutely decimating Privateer Alliance Expeditionary Force, which is a sister faction of the Privateers Alliance. Interesting. So then I looked at um, these other ships that were uh, closer to the bubble, but just outside, and they were working against Privateers Alliance. Privateers Alliance, we had never had any contact with them, no relationship, no relation whatsoever. Um, They're not alliance actually they're independent uh they're not even in the power play bubble why are they attacking them so i thought it might be grom suddenly i don't now i i don't what's the motivation for that i couldn't figure it out we contacted privateers alliance they were skeptical at first we showed them graphs they compared our graphs to their graphs and sure enough yet there's the telltale their their traffic reports were in line with the same thing um we started a good dialogue with them i gave them some suggestions on how to counter the bots um the, oh, I'll get back to how how they attack you. Um, and uh, and then the bots left them alone. Um, shortly after that, uh, EDMC shut down their um, their feed where you could see commander names, and we lost essentially we lost track of the bots. Um, we got frustrated. That was when we uh, filed the forum post. Um, on the uh, Frontier Forums. Uh, I'm sure many people, a lot of people saw it, so I'm sure most people know what I'm talking about. If not, maybe someone can provide the link. I don't have it handy. Um, sometime after that, we heard that Mobius Group had been absolutely annihilated in their BGS. Um, I looked them up. I checked the traffic reports, their influence graphs, telltale cutters and, and influence graphs. And although Mobius accused um, Smalling Dog Crew we have very uh, uh, solid, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, intel, uh, reliable source evidence. from within evidence, reliable source from within SDC. It had nothing to do with them. They were happy to take the credit for it, but it had nothing to do with them. We reached out to Mobius. Um, they didn't care at that point, so no dialogue took place after that. Um, we've more or less. Uh, been ignoring the bots now uh, for some time. Um, basically, they're still doing power play. They're kicking our ass in power play uh, with the fifth columning. Um, and there's just nothing we can do because they fly in solo now. Um, y- you cannot um, 
you just can't detect them. You can't report them because you don't have their names. You can't prove that they were there. But the tells, there are tells. Um, it's that solid linear increase in influence with little dips. And then there's the traffic reports. Here's the MO. Um, the bots, I don't know why they target who they target. Um, but when they target you, uh, they push an, an elective faction against you. Um, usually an election, elective faction, almost every time it's been except for one. Um, and, uh, and then they just push and they push and they push and they push and they just keep doing missions. They just keep pushing the influence of that faction up. Um, so here's the thing. <laughs> uh, recently there's been a situation in LAV, um, with, uh, AEDC and, and TCF and, and some alliance factions. Um, and, uh, oh, before I go to there, um, one of the bots actually added me as a friend way back. And so I've actually got him on my friends list. Most of the time it's in solo. Sometimes it goes into open. Um, about a week and a half ago, it was in open, and I spotted it in Aranen, which is a system of Turan Colonial Forces, TCF. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, that's strange. So I went to Iranin, um, looked at the traffic report, 80 to 100 cutters in 24 hours, looked at the, the, the graph, um, contacted Crashbox, you're being attacked by bots. Um, and then, uh, can't remember the exact order of events, but AEDC suggested that they were being hit by bots. And it's it's no secret AEDC and AOS have differences of opinion sometimes, and I was rather skeptical. But after looking at their graphs um, and looking at their traffic reports, AEDC is beyond a shadow of a doubt being attacked um, by the bots. Um, and then the suggestion was made that, and uh, you guys were talking about your influence going out of control here in Lave. Um, I hate to tell you, but if you guys look at your graph. You see that linear climb in your graph with little dips? Those dips, I, I'll bet you, will correlate to power play cycles once a week. There's a little dip for a day or two where they don't push. Um, I believe that the bots have um, adopted Lave Radio Network and are pushing you in Lave while also attacking AEDC and TCF. Um, I do not believe that they are being um, instructed to do so. I, I, here's my thinking. If I put myself in their shoes, if I'm a programmer, I got a group of guys, we're all tight-knit, obviously, because um, they all hit the same target at the same time, so they're all in communication with each other. I don't want anyone to know outside of our group that we're running bots because inevitably you're going to get ratted out. Somebody is going to say, wait a minute, you know what? The bots is great and everything, but it's killing the game, and they're going to rat you out. Um, I don't believe that they're being um, organized by Lab Radio or whoever it's or Lave, anyone for that Lave. matter. Lave, I'm sorry, I'm Canadian, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're going to the lab, you're going to the toilet. Uh, right, Lave, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, there's no question in my mind AEDC is under attack with bots. Um, TCF are under attack with bots. And I believe... Now, I've docked at your station here to have a look at your traffic reports. Because um, yep. this intel only just came to me two days ago or a day ago. And I've just popped in, and you're in a lockdown. Yep. Um, 
and which means you won't have any bot accounts passing through your system. But I bet you when you come out of lockdown, um, you keep an eye on your traffic reports. I bet you you're going to see a unproportional volume of cutters to all other ships coming through your system. The, the thing is, all politics aside, botting in Elite Dangerous is real. It's happening right now. Um, they're picking player... Fa- this is the first time I've seen them support a player faction. Um, if, in fact, that's what they're doing, I think oh, it seems I mean, that push- way. They're pushing us to expand, and we don't want to expand. That's what they do, though. The that's what they it, do. We do not want to expand, so... Yeah. We, they are not helping us if they, if that's what they're no. thinking of doing. So yeah, if you're running the bots and you're thinking you're helping like Lave Radio <laughs> by the, making us expand, you're not helping us. Please don't do they it. Are, they are not, uh, in my experience, very good at um, BGS strategy. And one of the ways that we... Um, uh, I'm not even going to say how we managed to get them under control in Gateway, <laughs> but we managed to get them un, un, in control in gateway because they're they're basically they just pick a faction and they program their 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 application to just do missions for that faction and and let it go and i think they don't actually look at strategy they don't look at states and pending states and things like that that's that's my feel anyway cuz there's been some uh, obvious things i've we've done to counter their attacks and that they could have easily seen our move but not seen it and we were able to block them. Um, bots are real. There's a program called um, um, OpenCV, uh, which is it stands for Open Source Computer Vision Library. Um, the way this uh, this program works is um, uh, let me just jump back to the stream here. So, yeah, whoever's saying that um, we managed to lo- lower Live Radio Network's yep. influence before lockdown by pushing the other factions up again. Uh, and we could... Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take a political stance either way on this, yeah. situ- on what's going on with the conflict, and, and I'm not going to... I'm not trying to disrepute the efforts of whoever and, and the people who are, you know, supporting LRN. Um, I'm strictly sticking to what I'm seeing based on telltale signs of the bots. We've seen them hit um, you know, four or five factions now. It's always exactly the same. And and Lave is showing that um, that same You're those same tells. Cells. Yeah. And that, that's fair enough. Um, and that, that's not um <laughs> That's not sort of putting anything against the work that all the guys are doing right. in Lave, and it's not putting anything against the guys that AEDC are putting in as well, because right. you know, they're working bloody hard. That's right. And, you know, good game, all that stuff, but when bots come into the mix, um, let me tell you something. AOS, uh, we're a pretty big group. We've lost a lot of people. And I don't mean that they've left our faction. I mean they've left the game altogether game left like our paper haulers uh even our bagsers people have left because you just you can't win against uh programs right um and uh it, it becomes it's not even a strategy anymore it just becomes who can push harder and the bots can always push harder yeah. the thing the is way, frontier can't do anything about stuff, it um and he's linked that to me uh oh, so thank I'll you that in twitch and it'll be in the show notes Thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, 
it's killing the game. Um, people are leaving as a result. Look, we know what happened in EVE Online. Um, there was a, a big issue with bots there. We, we know that uh, botting exists in all games. I, of all people, was completely unsuspecting that there could actually be autopilot in Elite Dangerous, but there is. Um, the bots, now they're in solo, so we can't provide names to Frontier. Uh, we file reports to them, give them the obvious tells, but without names, they can't do anything. So Frontier are kind of like idling, I feel, on the situation. And um, it's it's a really, it's a big issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been basically streaming this video showing a research project that somebody was doing um, to just see what he could do, basically. And th this guy's actually gone off and done a secondary project, which involves shooting wasps. With a laser. Um, I, I think I I feel that um, whoever's behind the bots uh, have taken yeah. perhaps off the back of the work of of uh, folks like this guy here who did open C open CV thing, um, and they've modified it and improved it. They I obviously know what they're right, doing yeah. with code. Um, they but they have their own software that's they're keeping internally to themselves. And I believe that whoever's running the bots. Um, is uh, keeping their identities very, very secret. Yeah, no, I'd agree there. I mean... X-Pain says uh, BGSPP yeah. should be open only. Okay, let me talk about that real quick. Um, okay. So after the first after the, uh, the um, first ban wave, uh, we were seeing fewer of them in open. But we were still seeing them, okay? Because remember, <clears throat> we were able to track them with the EDSM feed. So we could still see them, but they were flying in solo much more. Um, after the second ban wave, they completely went into solo only. But again, we were still able to uh, uh, track them. It was um, uh, uh, so. Oh yeah. So when Frontier uh, announced their ideas for open only power play, mm -hmm. um, the one account that I have on my friend list, uh, which is a bot, known bot, confirmed bot. Um, was flying in solo, and Tom and I, Tom's been on here before, uh, went looking for him. We could see where what system he was in, where he was jumping to. We went looking for him. We could not instance with him. We tried messaging him, and it would come back undeliverable. Um, within a week of, of Frontier talking about open only, they had already um, figured out how to block player-to-player -player connections. And um, so while I'm well, personally in favor, uh, well, th it's not. It's very easy, and I'm in favor of open only, but it'll never work because it's too easy to block instancing. Just to kind of get my my head around what you've been saying, well, hopefully it will clarify. So, what you're saying, particularly in the situation that you mentioned about Lave and ADC and stuff like that, and again, this is non-political. I'm just trying to. So what you're saying is that. You have, in effect, heard a gunshot, either bot. You've heard the gunshot, but you cannot tell why the shot was fired. Right. All you can say is, I've the heard the gunshot. That, the thing that racks my brain the most to this day, and, and I've, I became quite obsessed with it for some time, um, is what motivates them. Why are they choosing? I know who they're, I can tell who they're attacking. Um, 
I just don't know why they're attacking. So they attack Privateers Alliance. Why? They have nothing to do with us, uh, or power play for that matter. They attacked Mobius Group. Why? Mobius Group is independent. They're, they don't really bother anybody, do they? Why, why attack Mobius Group? The only thing that we all have in common um, in AEDC, the same. The only thing that we all have in common, the one commonality I can find, because when I contact privateers, we tried talking about mutual enemies who could be, is that we're um, commonly known. AOS is well known. Um, AEDC is well known. Uh, Mobius is well known. Privateers Alliance, they're they're a huge um, community of streamers and 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 vloggers and whatnot. Um, the one commonality I can find, the common thread is that they're attacking factions that are uh, widely known. In this case, I think Lave, they've actually ad adopted Lave. And and it may not last, keep in mind, because they get distracted. But, being, but going back to analogies, that is, you're speculating why the shot was fired. I'm speculating. It is purely speculation. I do yeah, not I just want to make. I just want to make sure that we have the separation between motivation and cause, because I think from what research that you've done before and the programs you've shown us and stuff like that, I think it's pretty clear botting is in the game. Yeah. Um, the motivations and what the targeting thoughts are is pure speculation. How fun that. is that? How fun must that be? Just sitting at your desk and having a, a program run your ship, like, and they're not only that, but they're actually putting real money into this because they're buying accounts, right? So they're spending money. Why? What is motivating them to attack uh, the groups that they're attacking? I don't know. Well, in some cases, you have to go with the Joker defense that some people just want the world to burn. Well, it, it might be worth pointing out that um, nearly all of the the bot account names are kind of trollish names, um, trollish connotations in one way or another, so that they are trolls. Um, somebody had mentioned when I gave the list, they said it looks like a member list for 4chan kind of deal. Right. I want Frontier to do something. Um well, the thing is, well, what, what can be done about this? Because I mean, I, I, I don't admit, know. I, yeah, even so after one you of guys the... were on the show, I was actually maybe sort of sixty forty skeptical. Is this even a thing? And I kind of remained. Is you know, are you overreacting? Is it is it really a thing? Is it is it is it? Well, I'll, let me tell you this: I didn't when believe, we first I didn't reported, it was possible. When we Until first reported the bots, yeah. um, AEDC and, and most of the other alliance groups, and pretty much the whole community uh, on the large, didn't they, they looked at the videos and thought, oh, that's kind of suspicious, but didn't really take it seriously. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, once you're under attack, you take it seriously. You realize this is no fluff. This is not a matter of, you know, AOS just wasn't good at BGS, or AOS didn't, just didn't have enough players to counter, you know, these other players. This was... It is you cannot compete with them. You, yeah. you no I, I matter what you do, I you just can't didn't compete. believe it was possible. Like, yeah, and even possible. Yeah, it's when I yeah. saw the open CV uh, stuff that I realized, like, holy smokes, this is yeah. actually a thing. Um, and of course, the departures and all of that stuff too. Um, Frontier have 
in a roundabout way in my ticket acknowledged that botting exists in game obviously they they can't outright acknowledge something like that the fact that they took action twice two significant ban waves in a row um, certainly tells me they're acknowledging that there was botting activity with those accounts uh, unfortunately they were both times just 30 day bl- uh, 30 day yeah. bans they were temporary and they're back um, but, but that's certainly that's right and uh, right you can't you can't report them how can frontier detect them okay um the way OpenCV works is it it rapidly takes screenshots of your screen. Yeah. Uh, the software is designed to look at particular aspects of that screen, and and basically based on the pictures it takes, it knows which way to turn your ship, how much to turn it, and so on. Um, effectively, the program manipulates your key controls. Yeah, and we so know from Frontier's side of things, it's not like it's uh, is right. It's not like it's a uh, like it's insert cutting into your memory or anything like that. It, it's not detectable in that way. It is doing the same inputs that a player would be doing. The tells for Frontier would be the amount of time a player is online for, um, the uh, number of trips that player does. Like sometimes they're running twenty four hours. Come on, mm-hmm. you. If, if Frontier can see those logs, um, if they see a player running twenty four hours, take a closer look. They've already got the list of names, right? Because they've done the ban waves on them. They've already yes. got the list of names. Those are the names and that are doing the it. I'm sure there's names more. They can look for as well. Those are the account names. That's right. From those account names, how about looking at IP addresses? Yes. Okay. Granted, you can't trace an IP address or use that reliably. But if you've got three or four accounts all running at the same time, all from the same IP, well, something's wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless it's like an internet cafe and they're all about elite dangerous, something's wrong there. Um, there are things they can do, uh, but the problem is there's nothing they can do that's automated. Oh, and that's the thing. And so th- fr- they need a bot right. to combat the bots. That's right. That's right. And and I don't know that they can do that, but I do know that they need to. They need to. Uh, find some way of dealing with this. When we did that forum post, it was there our Hail Mary, um, hoping that it would raise enough stink amongst the community to put pressure on Frontier. Um, Frontier acknowledged the forum post, um, basically was saying, if you see, the, it's, the, it's the standard response, if you see botting, please report it. Um, Do nothing's you think been done that here. Frontier could maybe... I, I would imagine that every cutter taking off is going to be thrust up for precisely three seconds. Right, right. So there's another point. Yeah, that's right. Can that be tracked? The departures can certainly be um, tracked in some way. I'm sure that they can measure the time it takes, for example, from the cutter that it, it departs from the station pad to the time it hits jump. And within that time, because they're very slow... Uh, when they depart the station, um, much slower than any other players. If they see that consistently with an account, <laughs> that's, then that's what you come need on. To do. Look, look right? for look for an account that right. does not use boost to get out the right. station. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't? And and who comes to a complete stop? Me, I don't. Charges their FSD. I don't use boost. Waits for us to charge up fully, and once it's fully charged, then throttle up. Who does that? I know me when I leave a station, I'm boosting every second while I'm charging my FSD to get out, even if it doesn't get me any closer to where I'm going. I'm not just going to sit there. Um, yeah, I don't know the, anyone who will 
fly tanky out, say. Right, right. Stop, so the thing is, angle, there is jump. Right, exactly. There are measures Frontier can do, but they all involve having a human person sitting there analyzing accounts and and looking. Now, some of the responses I got from Frontier was, uh, but please keep in mind that there are players who we consider to be quote-unquote professional players in-game. Um, and and the suggestion was just that, you know, we had professional players attacking us. Um, we know that not to be true. The, the linear graph, you will not see that anywhere else other than um, uh, uh, your faction being attacked by bots. I need Frontier to do something. Frontier needs to do something. Look yeah, what happened with Eve. We all need something to do. We all need Frontier to do something to yeah. counter it. But yeah, it's because people are leaving the game. And this is the issue because um, instead of Frontier spending time actually generating more content, they will have to spend time putting right. in a fix to right. It, it requires the, the body thing is rather quiet for them, right? Um, it's not. Uh, out and about enough in the community to people aren't raising enough of a stink for frontier to take that kind of measure you're talking about paying somebody sixty thousand dollars a year uh, or pounds in the in this case um whose sole job is to analyze uh, botting accounts and the problem is we can't even report those accounts now right because we don't know who they are carby pays sixty thousand pounds a year to play elite all day uh, yeah. Maybe paid sixty thousand well, pounds a year. That that would be nice, but I don't think you'd want to be the person because they wouldn't be playing the game. They'd be sitting there looking at timestamps, effectively yeah. the, looking at timestamps. The, the, they'd be doing, you know, basically working for the server team, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, in, in doing yeah reports and looking for, looking at stuff like that. But, like, but again, then I guess this is a question of effort versus reward so to speak right so because the only way if this was a motivate them yeah if this is something the... about it is if the community uh, on the large makes a really big stink about it because mm. right now they can just sort of not do anything and and once in a while uh some j trinity is going to come on to the, the the live radio and 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 gripe about it and whine and be salty um it's not enough Mm. It is down to how it, I think it, it, it is a case of that they're, they're, they're low profile at the moment. It's not, although the potential there is there to actually really ruin the game. Yeah. They've not taken that potential and run with it yet. Yeah. The question is, though, I mean, this is, it's, it's not really a question. It's, it's again on the effort versus reward side, because if this, if this was a competitive, multiplayer game with prize money and whatever in it, then there is a motivation for Frontier to do something about it, because it's skewing a competitive ladder, for example. Um, but at the moment, the, the the only reward you get for BGS stuff is the reputation points you score with your fellow players. Right. And and I would argue that or suggest that most other elite players really don't care. When and your faction comes under attack, suddenly you're going to care. Yeah, but you, if you don't care about a faction, if you all you yeah, if, you, if, yeah, if, yeah. if what you care about is doing 
shooting thargoids. Or shooting thargoids or whatever, exploring whatever. You don't care what faction you support. You'll go to to one that gives you the most credits or will unlock a permit to get you an engineer or whatever it is that you see as game progression. That is what you will do. And that is completely faction independent. It's the people who care about factions and BGS that are affected by this. And perhaps the question that Frontier uh, are maybe thinking about is what is the percentage of those people who care about that and what is the percentage of people who don't care about that? So since there's time, money, and effort involved in fixing that, do we do we then focus on the larger group of people? The and problem is the only people who are going to care are the factions that are being attacked, right? Um, AEDC, for example, um, they they were concerned about the bots when we reported on the forum thread. Um but now they care because now they are definitely being hit by bots. Um, and so the, the proportion, I don't know who else the bots have attacked. Um, the, the factions that I've seen are, are basically either because I was able to track them through the EDSM feed um, or it, after the fact, see their traffic reports and, and um, you know. I think that maybe way. the catalyst for change will, as we um, inferred earlier, is squadrons. Maybe. Because if because if you look at the way the the trailer seems to imply, it seems to imply that your squadron has to be affiliated with a faction. So therefore, if people care about their squadrons, they they will then compare uh, care about their faction, and so therefore it increases the number of people who are actually bothered about factions. Which may well, therefore, make it more important. It may well be that the bots don't always choose um, a player faction to work against. Keep in mind, they're they're doing the BGS. In my view, they're doing BGS to make money for power play. Power play is definitely their focus. But in order to do that, they need to do BGS. And and I try to put myself in their shoes. What would I do? Well, since I have to work BGS anyways, maybe I can find a faction that I just decide I don't like. And I kind of feel like there's been a randomness to the factions that they choose to target. But it's also possible that they may be pushing NPC factions um, somewhere uh, just to grind the credits. You know, I, I, I don't know. They will push you guys into expansion. Mark my words. If If they continue to push you, you guys will go into expansion. Well, I think we'll, um, we'll, we'll take this uh, and monitor the situation going forward. But um, at the moment, I think we've run out of time for this particular subject uh, for this evening. So um, well, thanks for joining us on, um, and discussing your findings. We need the community uh, to make noise. Yeah. Everybody and, needs to make noise. And it's, it's certainly something that we'll have to keep an eye on in the future. So um, what we're going to do now is uh, we're just going to quickly go over um, little things in the community corner that, that are uh, have been highlighted. Um, the first thing is uh, we have uh, Commander Beetlejuice has made an elite dangerous color. Jude. Beetle Jude, then. Yes, he's made an elite dangerous color. Oh, it's a she. Oh, so she. It's a she. Right. Um, do you remember? She's uh, oh from Lavecon. I think a couple of years ago she was in cosplay, wearing lots and lots of green and giving us tamaric spice. Yes, I I do remember her. Yes. yes. Oh, so um, 
I take it, Ben, you've you've had a look at this colouring book. I, I have indeed, and it is a... You know, I, I don't like colouring, but my wife does, but she doesn't like Elite Dangerous, so... <laughs> right. But, but if you like colouring and you like Elite Dangerous, get yourself a colouring book. <laughs> uh, the main question that I have to ask is, do you want an Asp Explorer Lego model? Yes. Well, there's only 19 days left to get an extra 651 people to say that they like the idea on the official LEGO website. Um, this is put together by, um, I think, is one of the sound designers yeah. on Elite Dangerous. Yeah. So uh, we've put a, a link in the show notes. So if you want your uh, ASP LEGO model to be considered by LEGO themselves, uh, please go and, and give them a vote. Yeah, I've, uh, I've already voted and asked for that because, hell yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely... Um, that's that's on my to-do list. So I'll make sure I do that in the next couple of days. Uh, we also have Commander Dane511 of the Anti-Xeno Initiative. He's decided to set up a Hydra hunting event uh, in whichever system the Hydras are this uh, on the 20th of October. Um, normally this is a case of just turn up with um, whatever AX weapons that you think will help and um, they all go hunting hydras together and if you've seen some of Gluttony Fang's videos about this it's, it's quite a fun event to be involved in even though I do think some of the Thargoids go down a little bit too easily. Um, unfortunately we have a little bit of um, bad news at the moment, revolving the EDRPG. Um, the patent troll issues are continuing to cause problems uh, with the distribution of the last of the Kickstarter awards. There's going to have to be a, a delay because they were hoping for the revenue from the battle card game to have come in by now so that they could uh, make sure that uh, everything is distributed properly. Um, this will be resolved next quarter because basically the sales from the EDRPG have been quite good so they, they can cover the the, uh, the missing issues but it does appear that this troll patent issue which has been going on with EDRPG practically since it was first put on Kickstarter it is beginning to cause Spider-Man games a little bit of pain um, I mean it's a patent troll There is a uh, statement wasn't there that we'll put up in the show notes Yes um, I mean patent trolls are, are horrible and it does seem that the opposing party are dragging their feet in any response and of course Spider-Man games would like this resolved quickly so every single time they get a delay from the uh, opposing side it hurts them more than they, it would hurt the opposing side so oh, I've, um, so John and Oliver we really feel for you on this one so, um, has anybody got any final business before we do the, sh uh, the shout-outs? Any final questions? I think I'm good. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> shout-out to Skynet or something, maybe? Yes, shout-out to Skynet. <laughs> so, Ben, who have we got floating around the Lave Station with you at the moment? Okie dokie, so we've got Shipping McShipface, Skyzus, uh Right, let's, I'm going to mess this one up, but let's try and not. Parachute and paraplegic. Right. Commander desired name in use. Havoc from ADC's here. 
Um, Dissington's here. Miggles is here. Windu's here. Coolhead's here. I think I think Coolhead's actually got toxic inside of him. Uh, Puppy's here. Whoever's here. Texas um, Pete. Yeah, Texas Pete's been around. Talkers Alpha. Ghost. I. I. God, how do I. Gaussen How the hell do you pronounce this? Now you know how I feel. Gaussen Kirchenholler or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Galen Reynolds, Galen Reynolds is about. <laughs> oh, it's the only bit of revenge I get every week. <laughs> you do enjoy that. I know you do, Colin. So, um, we'll give the usual shout-outs. LaveCon, as you, 2019, is set between the 4th and 7th of July. We don't have any tickets yet. We do know that FantasyCon will... Uh, Karen and Ellen are sorting out FantasyCon at the moment, but that will be out the way soon. Um, we'll give a shout-out, of course, to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at uh, half-past eight. Go for TV forthemug.com if you want to see them um, we have of course the CQC Discord which is discord.me slash um, CQC for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action uh, a little bit of a shout out to DJ Truthsayer who's now back on Twitter after a little bit of um, uh, unalive threatening <laughs> or banter well you know you can't oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. you can't say that it's like saying Booby yes. traps and then laughing at traps. Yes, I've got you. Yes. So, and of course, there's EDWTRB, where if you want to uh, have help in finding wings or finding RPG groups, trading in rare commodities or setting bounties and other commanders, uh, that's that's my site, which I've written to help create that. Um, oh, and incidentally, I did ask um, on Monday. Um, Will whether or not that they they were going to put in a looking for wing function, and that didn't seem to. I don't think that's coming in three point three at all. We've got no plans for it. So, if you do need to find a wing, either I think we've got a lot of places in the Discord where they've got looking for wings uh, channels to help people out. But there's always that as well. Isn't so, that ironic? Sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm just chuckling to myself about how we've got squadrons and all stuff coming in and yet we're still being drawn to Discord to sort stuff out. Yeah, I know. It it it's it is one of the things which um I'm hoping that they will will they will look at. Um of course we'll have to give a shout out to the most excellent commander Witherspoon who is coming up with his Galnet news at the end of this broadcast. Uh and uh, that would be Commander Witherspoon. Oh good God. So that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at liveradio.com, facebook.com slash liveradio, at liveradio on Twitter, and you can join the Discord chat channel by going to uh, TeamSpeak. <laughs> and someone's going to screw the, <laughs> the show notes up all over the place. They've gone to TeamSpeak uh, 
at laveradio.com. Oh, that is uh, <laughs> yes. Someone, someone's been moving about the show notes at the end. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan. Thanks to Ben. Uh, and thanks, of course, to uh, Commander J Trinity for joining us uh, and discussing bots. Uh, so, and thanks, of course, to all those commanders who have joined Ben outside Lave Station. So, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 16th of October 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Galaxy Simulator announced. IDA claims Crime Wave continues. Voting concludes in presidential campaign. Close encounters with the Spirograph. Rugged rubber tool dropping soon. Galaxy Simulator announced. The Pilots' Federation has this week announced Galaxy Simulator 3.3, a full-scale replica of the Milky Way galaxy inside a computer. Said to be indistinguishable from the real thing, it'll give commanders a chance to try out new systems and interfaces before they're made available for sale by their respective companies. Systems being showcased will include new mining technology, with names like Seismic Charge Launcher and Subsurface Displacement Missile. A new exploration discovery scanner that allows whole systems to be charted and signal sources found without having to leave the warmth of the star. Surface probes to fully map individual planetary bodies and their rings, as well as playing snooker trick shots. And a codex about which very little is currently known, but it's apparently very useful. 
there will also be a new sort of social club called a squadron. Very little is known about these organisations at this early stage, but it seems likely that each squadron will be able to accommodate up to 500 members and be aligned both to a minor faction and to powers. It's not clear whether commanders will be able to belong to more than one squadron. Falcon de Lacy is known to be considering launching another ship model before the end of the year and may well include it in the Galaxy Simulation, which will run for at least three weeks. The Pilots' Federation will be introducing some of the features we'll be able to try out in the Galaxy Simulator in a holocast on Thursday the 18th of October at 6pm Galactic Standard Time. That's 7pm at the Pilots' Federation headquarters. IDA claims Crime Wave continues. Operation IDA, the initiative to repair Thargoid-damaged stations, believes that as little as 10% of relief supplies are reaching their intended recipients. The problem was first reported in May this year, and if anything, it appears to have grown worse. Commander Zane Till of the IDA reports that morale is waning in the face of poor delivery statistics. As an example, he claims that of the 30,000 tonnes of supplies delivered by Operation IDA on Saturday, only 3,000 tonnes were received by the damaged stations, with the remainder serving to line the pockets of the Camorra of Wolf 359, headed by the evil Don Antonacci. The evil Don is not to be confused with Zack Antonacci of the Pilots' Federation. The Pilots' Federation was last week voted one of the best places to work, and Zack Antonacci was voted one of the top five Zacks working there. The Thargoids were voted the top-conquering alien race of all time, despite not having conquered anything. Yet. Voting concludes in presidential campaign. Voting concluded today in the Alliance presidential election. Following the unfortunate death of pro-business candidate Fazia Silva last week, the contest is a two-horse race between incumbent Gibson Kincaid and Elijah Beck. Kincaid wants to impose his firm authoritarian leadership style on the alliance, with sweeping constitutional changes to give the president executive powers. Beck seeks to expand the alliance into new systems by working with local communities. The Alliance still uses traditional paper ballots to counteract the risk of fraud. The count is underway, and results will be announced later this week. Close Encounters with the Spirograph Following the successful conclusion of the Broadcast Cobra initiative to build a new megaship to host studios and a production suite, the Close Encounters Corps this week launched a similar initiative to build a megaship to be stationed permanently in the Spirograph Planetary Nebula. Conveniently close to Barnard's Loop, the Green Spirograph Nebula is caused by the outer envelope of O-class star BD-121172 escaping as the star rapidly loses mass as it runs out of energy. The Close Encounters Corps hopes to use their new megaship as a base from which to explore the surrounding systems and nebulae. They hope to build the megaship entirely out of recycled muon imagers, whatever they are. Rugged Rubber Tool Dropping Soon 
Maddox Hurd, CEO of Herculean Machines, has reported that his company's DuraDrive has entered mass production, following cash injections from Rackham Capital Investments and other funding sources. The DuraDrive received backing from the Galactic Community and was awarded a rosette for Best in Show at the Rackham Ultratech Expo. Hurd thanked those who'd backed Herculean and said it confirmed his belief that what the galaxy needs more than anything is a reliable rubber tool that's tough enough to handle anything. Some naysayers are doubting the need for the DuraDrive. Who needs another tool when we already have the Orca? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.